Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bravo and the Brits, the podcast with a distinctly English take on all things reality TV. So we're supposedly coming out of lockdown from Sunday. Apparently so. I think it's a terrible idea, quite frankly. I mean, I'm thrilled at the idea of being able to move a bit more freely, but I do think it's a terrible idea. I'm not going to move freely. I've already decided this. I'm going to stay holed up. Like, if someone who's also been pretty isolated wants to come see me at my flat, I might consider it. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I'll be a little bit more like, go see my parents for like maybe a Sunday lunch because they don't go out and see other people and stuff. But like, I'm not about to be like trying to hit up the clubs and things like that. I mean, not that I would anyway, let's be honest. But like, no, I just I'm too terrified that like everyone's just gonna go completely the other way with it and I think the way that the newspapers are reporting it is so irresponsible I know I think it's ridiculous they've made it sound like we basically as of Monday life's just gonna be back to normal like you can go see like every person you've ever met and cough on people in a supermarket and things like that it's like... lick a granny on Monday <laughs> Do a, do a Sheena get into some vulnerable person's yeah. ear hole? <laughs> just really just make sure to just get your germs all over them. <laughs> I don't know. So I think, so I've obviously been really good all of lockdown. I haven't flouted anything, um, even when at times I've been tempted. I, I've very much towed the party line. I've isolated. I've been isolating even before everyone else because I was symptomatic back when they were just saying you know if you have a cold stay in yeah I feel like I've been very good and then I feel like I kind of got my reward <laughs> this sounds so weird I got my reward today in that I've come on my period like 10 days early this month incredible <laughs> to like align quite well with the lifting of everything <laughs> so I love this you can get it in and out the way and done <laughs> Because I was really concerned that I meant to I normally come on around the 15th 16th of every month and I was like oh god like that's gonna be like right about the time that things are gonna get back to normal like that's when Scotland's lockdown is gonna be lifted and then yeah. this is the situation I'm gonna be in but no like someone up there is they've you know this is karma I was gonna say you've got your karmic retribution for really really doing very well for a good nearly two months now yeah I actually counted the days 57 days holy shit that is such a long time it's quite weird when you actually count it and then say it out loud that is crazy and especially because obviously you're like completely by yourself there as well like I'm very impressed that you haven't just descended into some kind of like alcoholic stupor for the most part (laughs) I mean I did a bit at the start because yeah post getting like shafted by text yeah so I did a bit at the beginning but then as I realized that like some people just aren't worth getting upset about I kind of recovered but then the other thing is and I do just want to shout this out and do a tiny bit of self-promotion is um I'm actually making masks I saw this they're incredible as well Thank you. So it's not actually me that's making them. It's um, Ali who does all of my production for any of the new or upcycled stuff that Trendlister does. And so um, I'm selling them on my website, which is www.trendlister.com, T-R-E-N-D-L-I-S-T-R.com. Obviously, I'm making no medical claims whatsoever. Um, they're just cotton, but they're washable. Um, you can wear them again. And it, it just means that, you know, helps to kind of protect other people from your projected breath or whatever it may be 
Um, so if you were still looking for a face mask that you can order them, they're made to order and we're only using dead stock fabric as well. So it's kind of a nice, sustainable solution. I love that. I'm definitely going to get myself one. <laughs> you just had to ask. <laughs> it's the other thing that made me laugh. So I posted it on Instagram just to make people aware. And uh, my mum saw it <laughs> and she spoke to me in the evening and she goes, I like that mask photo that you've got. Very sexy. You look <laughs> like you're in some kind of BDSM game. <laughs> Which was just the best thing ever. Incredible. Your mum is just consistently outdoing herself. <laughs> we have to get her on this. I would love nothing more. I haven't I- told her about it because she hates the real housewife. <laughs> she fails to see like the hidden excellence of it. Oh, see, my mum, like, my mum knows well and truly about it, but she's also just like, I just don't understand, Faith. I just don't understand. <laughs> I think we should do, like, a Mother's Day special. That would be insanely good. That would be excellent. <laughs> we could be the new Jessie Ware and her mum. I'm so into this idea. So what did you think of this week's episode? Oh, hallelujah. I feel like it's like the Vanderpump rules that we've been waiting for. I can't believe it took us 18 episodes to get here, but it finally feels like they're kind of back on track with their editing. I know. It seems really odd that we even had to get into double digits for it, to be honest. Yeah, I do as well. And I think it's kind of what we said the other week where that softball game seemed to have kind of made much more sense of them as a group. So I don't know why they didn't just put that at the very, very start. It would have been a great way to introduce new characters and then everybody's weird, like, group dynamics would have made sense and then everything that followed after it would have seemed much more natural yeah completely and I think you know we all know that it's produced we all know that they're bringing people in and casting people just throw them all together at the start we'll take it as gospel you know (laughs) we're not going to question it too heavily just let us have it So the episode starts off uh, at Sir with Danica and Ariana and Brett walks in with a veritable mop of curly hair. He has somehow managed to make his hair worse and I didn't know how he could do it but he has done it. He's like yeah it's just like when I do nothing and I just let it like chill you know this is what happens. It's like okay hair doesn't chill it's not it's not a sentient separate part of you just just say air dry yeah 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 just be like let it do its thing that was it (laughs) (laughs) say you didn't heat style it I don't know (laughs) I mean it does look quite a bit like he's got a perm I that's what I thought it was I did as well and I do wonder whether he has maybe gone and got a perm and realized that it wasn't a good idea but also has realized that he can't necessarily do anything with it until it sort of grows out on its own so does he straighten it normally, do you think? I assume so. That's the only thing I can think of, because there's no way you can blow dry curls that tight out just by <laughs> yourself. You just can't do it. No, no. I mean, he does look less like a cannelloni bean. <laughs> which is one... One positive. <laughs> oh, then he says that his mother doesn't like him wearing it because it uh, gets in the way of my beautiful face. <laughs> for me with this comment like a lot fell into place here Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that moment I was like right okay I fully understand the person that you are 
yeah exactly in the kind of environment that you've clearly been brought up in (laughs) but I remember being told by a man once that no one would ever be good enough for him in the eyes of his mother oh no it's just like well you clearly want to shag your mum so (laughs) suggest you just do that rather than me I feel like this would explain a lot about his weird attraction to Lisa as well yes well he said he's got mummy issues I mean he's basically already explained it to us (laughs) all the pieces of Brett's personality are finally starting to fall right into place aren't they yeah and they're so annoyingly predictable because it's also like Italian heritage I think so yeah I think everything about it was just a wild cliche I remember an Italian lesson, we did like a special session, like a 45 minute lesson on mamoni, which literally just means mummy's boys, because it's such a like cultural thing in Italy. And I remember learning that like the average Italian male moves out of his family home at like age 32 or something. That is horrifying. It's shocking. Absolutely horrifying. shocking. Oh no, and it is such a stereotype, but it is clearly there's so much basis in fact with it. Well, exactly. Like we had a fully Italian Italian teacher as well, and she was like, "No, this is a thing," and we were like, "No, come on, come on, <laughs> you're not being serious." <laughs> so then Dana greets Sheena. She's like, "Hey, toots," <laughs> <laughs> and Sheena tells Dana that she's been in Palm Springs over the weekend shooting her new music video. Sheena describes her new song as an R&B baby-making vibe. Honestly, I didn't think Sheena's music could get any more tacky. And yet here we are. Yeah. I, I haven't actually listened to it yet. I haven't listened to it all the way through, just what was on the episode. But that was enough for me. What, what do you think is the ultimate baby-making song? <laughs> I don't I don't know about what is the actual ultimate baby making song but I do know once that one I was having sex with somebody and they're like oh should we put some music on I was like yeah that's fine and they just put their music on shuffle and the first song that came on was Mr Loverman and we looked at each other and I was like turn it off immediately (laughs) (laughs) that is psychotic behavior to have someone in bed with you and to risk a shuffle moment I know that is so scary so unacceptable I, was I, bet I, did, <laughs> I bet if I did that it would be like Skimble Shanks the railway cat <laughs> closely followed by like I don't know a 50 cent album yeah. uh, oh god but yeah um what what did what did you think of Sheena's video <laughs> I, uh, there was a bit where he kind of he didn't fully kind of smack her ass he just yeah, like he, jiggled, he jiggled us about I didn't really understand that I didn't either it kind of looked like he sort of went smack it and then just sort of cupped it and wobbled it instead <laughs> which would just make me feel a bit self-conscious really yeah. <laughs> and I mean it didn't do the most flattering things in the video slow-mo either no <laughs> But it was also killing me how the editors just kept panning back to like that moment where he's like, it's like zooming in just on his face in the bed and he just kind of looks dead eyed. (laughs) Making that kind of fourth wall contact with the camera. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was a lot. So 
She then feels, well, Sheena then feels the need to kind of clarify that, you know, Brett agreed to this months ago and there was a lot of heavy acting involved and for Dana not to get weird about it. And at that point, we cut to the the raw footage. Now, these are some real uncut gems of <laughs> soft core, just neon lit grinding. I mean, I died for Dana in this moment. Like, Dana you tell, is speechless. I know. You could tell it's in that sort of awkward thing of like, you don't know whether to laugh. You, do, are you Should you be mad? Should you cry? Like, I also feel like if that was me, I could never look at him the same again. Oh, <laughs> no way in hell. <laughs> and the thing that I do like about Dana is she does have this like extreme smugness about her. Yeah. Which I definitely relate to, and it is quite catty. Yeah, absolutely. But I also think that sometimes, like, with this, she's very, she's quite, like, performative with her quips. Yeah, it's like she's sort of pushing them harder than she would in normal day-to-day life. Yeah, like, when she's like, mm, yeah, well, that, sh- that sure is a video. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, you can kind of get the comedian vibes coming through. Like, you can tell that she's busy, like she's used to workshopping lines and yeah and you can tell she'll kind of link on to something and be like I can use this as material at some point (laughs) (laughs) you know her next stand-up is gonna feature this heavily (laughs) I was gonna say to be fair this season could be a potential gold mine oh absolutely it's stand-up comedy gold dust so then Tom and Jacks are at a sneaker reconditioning and resale place. <laughs> it's called it's called Wipe the Hype. Which and even a- though I hated like the whole logo setting and the font was just like an affront to contemporary design, the name did tickle me. I know. It's that kind of like I don't know how aware they were of how like ridiculous they were being, but it almost felt like a sort of comedy sketch moment. And it was just, I also, <laughs> so Tom is just exactly their target market, isn't he? You can tell. They thrive on people like Sandoval. <laughs> and Jax is busy just casting aspersions on Tom Sandoval's friendship. He does like a bitchy testimonial. Again, all because Tom called them on their bullshit in yeah. the run to the wedding. And then Jax's card gets declined, which is a great moment. So wonderful. And I feel like it's just like God's little way of occasionally just knocking him down a peg or two when he's getting a bit big for his boots. (laughs) I even fancy Sandoval in a baseball cap. I know. I didn't think it was humanly possible, but it is. (laughs) I was just... I'm here for it. I don't care. I don't care that you're like, dude, <laughs> that the train is clear. Oh, I can't even do it. No, it's not the one. Not the one. Um, the dude was on it, though. The dude was it. Thank you. <laughs> Jax can't believe that Tom and Ariana are doing well as a couple. I just find this like such a left field curveball. Like, I don't know what was happening with Jax in this episode, but it was kind of like, I've mentioned later on but he's just like inserting himself into everybody's business this episode for no reason and I just know, like, I mean god bless him for doing that I know I mean it brought us what we've been missing really but like <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if something clicked around the time of this episode where Jax was like this is going to be a dud season if I don't up my game yeah and he probably also realized that he hadn't actually been filmed in quite a while because him and Britney have been sort of 
conspicuously absent from really everything since the wedding. Yeah, I feel like the wedding vibes kind of dulled a bit. And then there was that little break in between. And now he's like, okay, shit, like I need to somehow make myself relevant again. Yeah, because otherwise they're just going to can me if I'm literally just boring middle-aged married guy. (laughs) Cutting grass and talking about the various different varieties. (laughs) So Jax is basically trying to like gaslight Tom by proxy about his own relationship. Yeah, when he's just like, well, I thought she was a bitch about this. Why didn't you? There's plenty of times I thought Ariana was a bitch. And it's just like, what are you talking about? Where has this like conversation come from? And I also feel like he was telling a story before it. And the story just ended him going, but I refuse to believe that you and Ariana aren't good. And he's <laughs> yeah. talking like, wait, what? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, just completely out of nowhere. It was like you were trying to catch him. Sorry? I was going to say, it was like he was trying to catch him off guard and sort of make him be like, yeah, yeah, well, definitely not. It's terrible. And I'd be like, oh, wait, what did I say? Like, <laughs> Yeah, just put him on the spot. Yeah, it was quite... It was just very strange. No, I was going to say, it was just very strange in general. Yeah, I mean, Jax's behaviour is, like, super erratic, which we'll kind of see deteriorate over the course of the episode. And then that's why, as well, like, I feel like Tom really hits the nail on the head when he says that Jax almost almost just arbitrarily picks something or someone to take his aggression out so he can externalise his own feelings to some greater or lesser extent. Yeah, I think that's literally, it's so sort of succinctly put really from Sandoval as well. And it is so true because it is that thing of like his coping mechanism is to just make it somebody else's fault. And then he can almost argue a point. It doesn't have to be the point that's actually pissing him off or whatever it is that's causing his issues. It's like he can just argue a point and it makes him feel better to have vented, even if it's irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's best summarised when he says, I do a lot of things, but, you know, it's life. Like, that's <laughs> such a great summary of the way that Jax just will metaphorically throw up his hands at the behest of his own actions and say, well, it's not my fault. I don't know why I did it. That That's just, you know, that's just the ups and downs of this big old roller coaster we're all on. Like, he almost sees his actions as independent from his own will. Yeah, like he's got no volition over them at all. And it's nothing to do with him that these words are coming out of his mouth and he's treating people like this. He's just like, oh, that's just life. People just just behave this way. It's normal. Yeah, as if he's completely powerless to actually change his behaviour, adapt it, you know, soften it. It's insane. It's absolutely wild. And I mean, to be quite frank, I'd expect nothing less from him. (laughs) And like I say, you know, God bless. Yeah. So then we go to the puppy park and Brittany's pulling up in. <laughs> thoughts, thoughts on the car? Oh, God. I mean, it's just such it's, it's essentially a Barbie wagon, isn't it? It's like the Barbie Jeep that you could buy when you were young. And she looks like she a has no idea how to drive it. B has no idea, like any sense of width or depth of that car or where she is with it. And it was just ridiculous. I can't even explain why I hate it so much, but but I did. I remember the Barbie Jeep. I had a Barbie airplane and a Barbie cruise ship as well. Because we used to always get stuff at like car boot sales. So I'd always have so much Barbie stuff because we'd buy like these massive lots for like 20 euros. That was literally the same as me. And we had like the 
the horse that they had and like the stables and stuff like that as well yes the horse I remember but then <laughs> I, I used to put like one of my best friends from back home Amy we used to play like the wildest Barbie things we had like a Barbie caravan at one point and then we decided that we would play <laughs> Barbie gets kidnapped by travelers <laughs> but she like gets kidnapped by the travelers and like ends up having a great time like it, it's not like anything against travelers but yeah. that's, like that was just the plot line um, incredible that's absolutely incredible <laughs> Yeah, we did a lot of like cult work as well. So like <laughs> we deck out my doll's house like it was like a weird church. I so wish we were friends as children because that sounds incredible. Oh my God, it was amazing. And then we used to do this thing with Legos at her house where we'd build this entire city like all across the living room. And it had like, you know, trains that would run on tracks and everything. And we'd have one day where everything went really well. <laughs> And then we'd have Apocalypse Day, which would start off with some like really innocuous thing. It would start with like, I don't know, a sheep wandering into the train tracks or something. And it would derail a train and then that would spark an explosion. And then we'd just basically <laughs> wreak havoc on the entire city. And we'd just like, oh, and then we'd just rebuild it and then have another day that went well. And then Apocalypse Day. <laughs> I'm so into this. This is amazing. <laughs> I honestly wish that we could still do that as like this time. It's so much better than any adult hobbies. Isn't it? Oh god, the imagination, the creativity, it's all there. I told my dad if he sells any of my Barbie stuff, I will not speak to him again. <laughs> like they're not allowed. Yeah, it's unacceptable. So they're at the puppy park and uh Brittany's in like a particularly giggly mood. She's got such an awful laugh. I know. And it sounds so terrible to say, but literally every time she laughs, I'm just like nails on a chalkboard kind of <laughs> repulsion. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I've decided that, you know, <laughs> you know, like when you're on your deathbed and like your vital organs start to shut down, but your body isn't like completely starved of oxygen yet. I don't think I'm even going to be treated to a highlight reel of my own life. I think Britney's laugh is just going to fill the void between like my waking moments, my last waking moments and my eventual lapse into darkness. <laughs> Maybe that's just all purgatory is. It's just that on a loop and you've got to try and find your way away from it. Oh, but every time you think you're getting away from it, the like, force of the noise changes oh god I can't imagine anything worse unfathomable so Stacy and Brittany compare rings <laughs> Stacy's is nicer and smaller exactly it's so much better and it's so much less tacky than Brittany's yeah I hate rings where the diamonds go around the band I do as well I think they're repulsive I can't bear them I said to Greg if he was ever to buy me a wedding like an engagement ring I was like it has to have one singular diamond on and nothing else on it I was like, nothing ornamental, no extra diamonds, nothing. I think it looks so much cheaper, even though I'm sure it probably isn't. Yeah, it probably costs a fortune, but it just looks so much tackier. It makes it look like a costume ring. Yeah, it looks it looks fake. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas Stasi's looks, I think, real but expensive. Yeah, it looks so legit. Me and my friend Hannah have this total thing about princess cut diamonds. Yes. 
and we're we're so bitchy about it we're like oh does she have a live laugh love sign oh does she eat sleep and breathe joe malone candles does she love avocado on toast oh she must want a princess cut diamond engagement ring i think this is the exact thing that we bonded over as well we were saying about all those living rooms that have mirrored furniture and like crushed gray velvet (laughs) i love a bevel (laughs) every cushion has a gem in the center of it I love it. I love being so snobby about taste when in reality my flat is just like <laughs> IKEA furniture and like the odd dead animal. <laughs> Literally. Like your house looks really nice from what I've seen. Oh, it's mostly been furnished with everything secondhand. Like that's a made like made.com sofa, which I literally bartered with a really angry doctor in Durham with for like three weeks until he gave me it for 200 pounds oh my god that's amazing <laughs> that's so cheap I mean I'm not gonna lie it's the most fucking uncomfortable thing in the world and when we move out we're burning it I don't need to come count it <laughs> so sir we go and Sheena walks up to the bar where Jax is serving shots and asks him if he wants to see some of her new music video and he just goes nope <laughs> <laughs> not really <laughs> which I mean god love him for because it's it's the kind of thing that every single person that she's asked that question to has dreamed of having the balls to say and he's the only one who cares so little about other people's feelings that he'll actually just say it. yeah she's like okay what's your problem <laughs> and then he starts ranting saying that everyone is a liar except for him yeah. everyone's so fake I feel like Jax is so strangely hung up on Tom and Ariana's relationship. Like, he's going all wild-eyed from it. Yeah. Yeah, we're kind of getting a little peek at, like, the return of Jax when he does get that sort of, like, the veins start popping and his eyes start to bulge and he kind of goes this weird, like, puce kind of colour. <laughs> so you can just see he's, like, gearing himself up for the biggest rant he's ever had in his life. It's like, well, there's like flecks of spit just flying. Oh, what a sight to behold. I mean, he did look great though. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the angrier and the more terrible as a person he gets, the better he looks. I agree. I completely agree. <laughs> so bad. I wonder what it is about Tom and Ariana's relationship that he struggles so much with. Uh, okay, so I have a theory. So, you know, do you remember when he started like projecting onto Britney that she had changed and that her sparkle was being dulled because he wanted to basically extricate himself from having to marry her? Yes. I think that now because he's kind of had his hand forced and he, he's had to commit to the marriage and I think in his own way, he's managed to see how it could like be part of his brand if that makes sense because they have off and you know I think in his mind he's also thinking from like a business perspective so I think now that he's had his hand forced what he's doing now is taking on the role of proselytizing to everyone else instead and elevating himself because of the marriage so it's not down in the dirt with the rest of them because now it's like well I'm married so now you know, I know what a good relationship is because I'm at the pinnacle of what that is. Exactly. And what's so wild about it is literally Tom and Ariana have the healthiest relationship of everybody there. And they're the least traditional about their relationship, which I so love. 
And it just goes to show that it's like, I think that's exactly the kind of thing that I thought was that Jax feels like he's had his hand forced and now he's trying to like leverage the marriage thing into being the thing that makes him better than other people. Yeah, that is completely the correct assessment, I would say. And I would say it's pretty kind of typical Christian hypocrisy of just, you know, sort of saying, well, you know, it's down on paper, so it's better than... Yeah, you you know the worst marriage imaginable but we're married so it's fine and we're better than you yeah because I mean you see how he speaks to her later on as well and it's just like uh, it's just so um it's so illogical because like you say the fact that Tom and Ariana have the least traditional marriage but have the best communication and in, in spite of the fact that they have some different kind of things that they want to do in life that they're still managing to have that relationship. I think that says so much more than two people who are, you know, in theory, more aligned on their values. And oh, 100%. To walk down an aisle. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I absolutely agree. It's like, just because you decided that, hey, you know what, you're probably not too bad that I can't imagine, like, spending the rest of my life with you. Let's just get married and that's the end of it. But their relationship is generally based on poor communication and misgivings and mistrust and all that. Whereas, like, a lot of the healthiest relationships in the world, the ones who aren't married, who don't feel like they need that. Yeah, and I think a lot of the relationship continuing is owed to Brittany just being able to turn a blind eye because, well, A, you know, she wants a family and I think in her mind she's just like, this is it for me, you know, I'm married. But then also B, you know, she's financially, you know, pretty dependent on him and the show. And and also she kind of sought out this life for herself. So again, she knew what she was getting into and she'll be willing to, you know, pretend to not know that certain things have happened as a result. Exactly. And I mean, I think so much of her identity, especially in the show, is centred around being Jax's girlfriend or wife. And I mean, in the way that, for example, when Stacey and Jax broke up or Tom and Kristen broke up, as individuals, they were still a strong enough, important enough character on their own to A, maintain their position on the show, but B, to not sort of just be like a side character to somebody's relationship. Whereas I feel with Brittany, if her and Jax broke up, she wouldn't be on the show much longer because she's not interesting. I mean, she's sweet, but she's not a key player in all of the different dynamics. I don't even think she's sweet. I actually don't like her. Yeah, I I have this weird thing where it's like, I think because she's never done anything overtly bad, I feel mean hating her, but I don't like her. (laughs) I I think I just find it so distasteful with like the homophobic preacher and stuff. And I I just hate people that like pick and choose their morals. Yeah. I think think if you watch Jackson Brittany take Kentucky and you'd see more of like that world... Yeah, I was going to say, because obviously, like, obviously I haven't seen that. So basically everything that I've seen on her, like, of her has just been the little snippets on the show and stuff. Yeah. So I might, I might do the bit of homework and watch that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an easy watch. So Jax is just being so holier than thou. When he starts going on about, like, ooh, the car fumes are going to negate the effort of the beach cleaner. Yeah. It's just like, oh, for the love of it's like well hey here's a wild idea carpool why don't four or five you get in one of those massive fucking cars that you have that's a crazy notion and then he calls ariana miserable and okay i have another sort of theory about why Jax has it in for ariana so much 
I think it's because he knows full well Ariana wouldn't touch him with a barge pole even if she was single, and he hates that. (laughs) I think you're back on the money. I really do. I think Jax is a guy that thinks he can bed anyone he wants, and I think he knows that if Ariana was single and milling about the place, that there's no way that it could happen between them. I think she would not be interested. I think she would not be turned on by him, and I think he can't deal with that. I agree. I think it's very much deep rooted in that. And it's because she, he knows that she knows she's better than him. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Which just makes me love her even more. She is the apotheosis. <laughs> I mean, really, she's too good for this show, but I'm so glad that she's on it. <laughs> Yeah, but see, I like that she's on it and she'll be a bit like grumbly and cynical and eye-rolly. I think it's nice to have a bit of that. I agree. And I love I love her talking head so much because she's always like, she's so funny, but not in the way that like Dana tries to be funny. No, she feels less scripted. Yeah, she it feels like this is just very genuinely her personality. And she always has this kind of air of just being ever so slightly over it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love for her. So Lala is volunteering, in inverted commas, at Vanderpump Dogs. And Lisa pops in with Jiggy tucked under her arm, literally looking like 2005 Paris Hilton in a little (laughs) hot pink tracksuit. All she was missing was like a Von Dutch cap. (laughs) (laughs) I think... With Lala, like, you definitely notice how full of filler her face is when she's, like, got no makeup on. Yeah, 100%. I think when she's got makeup on, it manages to sort of soften the edges a little bit. But when she's completely bare-faced, you can sort of see how harsh some of it is. Yeah, she looked, I thought, particularly kind of puffy in this. Yeah, I agree. Maybe she just had some more done. And then Lisa is trying to, like, oh. Lisa 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 why do you do this she's kind of like trying to mirror Lala and like adopt her mannerisms and at one point she goes true dat true dat and like making innuendo and it's just like oh it's like obviously from like Beverly Hills days and stuff it's like we know Lisa loves an innuendo but she does it in that sort of charming sort of like classy British way but when she tries to do it in like the la la way like she might as well just be like yeah like when people stick their dick at me like it's not the same (laughs) it doesn't work yeah and it should just not be legal no (laughs) so Lala says that she thinks that James Kennedy is truly staying away from the booze this time yes which I think is interesting I mean I don't know how much interaction they really have outside of the show like obviously I know they do do their studio recordings but um I don't know how much she kind of sees him but it does seem like he's doing well yeah I mean his skin looked a little better I (laughs) when I'm trying to work out if someone's been drinking I just kind of assess their skin and I'm like is it looking even are there any spots has he got a yellowish tinge no I thought his skin looked great so and his eyes were bloodshot so I think we're onto a winner here (laughs) <laughs> he looked glowing yeah radiant so James and Raquel are at the flat and he's found like some plastic baby pink cutlery which literally looks like it's from a child's tea set to set the table with he's bought some fresh flowers for his queen Raquel oh 
anybody calling anybody a queen in a non-sarcastic sense is repulsive to me as well oh god that's one of like the worst bits i'm watching 90 day fiance at the moment and there's like ed and rose this couple well they're not a couple anymore but he literally calls her like my queen all the time but he's like four foot two and she's like five seven no and he's got no neck and he's like so short and stumpy i'll have to send you a picture of it (laughs) but actually you know what i'll send i'll send you one now so I want to get this reaction but yeah it's the same whenever he calls like princess as well like there's something about it just like sets my teeth on edge and I just I find it the most repulsive of all the baby names <laughs> oh god there was one that um I couldn't cope with one guy what did he say I I can't remember if he called me honey or sweetie but I was just like nah 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 <laughs> you're not doing that and no. we're not talking right I'm gonna send it to you on Skype so this is (laughs) he looks fun he looks fun yeah oh no he looks like that like you know when you um see on like sitcoms and stuff there's like a really short like fat italian dad who's always just like in a little like slump in the corner with like a little quip kind of the vibe i get from him Okay, maybe I need to remember that you're not watching this because you would yeah. definitely get more of a sinister vibe from him if you oh, were. <laughs> Incredible. So James and Raquel are having like a little dinner in, I guess. He's making filet mignon and roast potatoes. And he's talking about how he's wor- he's always worried that he's not going to kind of live up to himself if he's not drinking. Yeah, he said he was, like, worried that it wouldn't be, like, enough for people, which I do think is probably quite a valid fear that a lot of people, especially who are, like, alcoholics and things, have. Um, And that thing of, like, thinking in their head that their drunken persona is what people like about them and that when they're sober they're really boring and nobody's going to want to hang around with them. So it's kind of nice to see him talk a little bit about that. Yeah, and I think for James as well, because it's mixed with this kind of stage stage name you know yeah like Kennedy whatever because you have a persona linked to that as well yeah see how that alimented with alcohol how it would make you think that like oh like this is my true self like this is me at my best and so when the way one of those elements you know what what even am I yeah I I think that's so spot on and I think it must be hard because I mean it is that thing like I know like as a particularly sort of like introverted self-conscious person like I often have the worry that it's like I'm not funny enough or loud enough or in your face enough but I've kind of just made my piece of that but I can imagine if you have like the dependency on alcohol that makes you that person that you think you should be then it's so much harder to stop doing that yeah I mean also (laughs) just just speaking for myself I'm a really fun drunk (laughs) (laughs) I don't get sort of sad or weepy or emo. I I just get really, all I want to do is dance. All I want to do is like have a good time. Like (laughs) I'm definitely more enjoyable to be around, I think, if I've had a few drinks in me. No, I'm the same. Like I used to, like when I was like struggling really badly with my anxiety, I went through like a six month period where I would be like generally pretty functioning like during the day and like, 
during the week. And then as soon as I had like one drink too many, it would always be on the cusp, but I'd have one drink too many. And then I'd be crying. But I didn't <laughs> realize or know that I was crying until somebody would be like, what's wrong? And I was like, why? They're like, why are you crying? I was like, oh, hey, I'm crying. And then there would just be something in my head that was like, this is why I'm crying. <laughs> Oh my god, no. So how, how could you like not realise that you were doing it? Did I you just like dissociate? I think so, yeah. It was the most bizarre thing. And I think because like I'd been so, so anxious for so long. It was like when I was drunk, it was like I could finally relax. So it's almost like my brain just stopped functioning. And then I would just get really overwhelmed and cry. Luckily that hasn't happened for a really long time, but it was really, really grim. Yeah, I I can see that because I think when you when you have had a couple of drinks, like whatever you're already thinking, like comes out more, but it might not be in a straightforward way. That's why, like, I will never, ever accept when someone's like, oh, sorry, I was just drunk when I said that. Like, I'm never going to accept that as an excuse because it's like, well, you do then you do think that somewhere deep down, like that's not just going to come out of nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I've literally never said anything drunk that I haven't at least considered sober I possibly said things when I've been drunk in a way that isn't right or isn't sort of kind or fair or what have you but I've never said something when I've been drunk that I don't actually mean yeah such a bullshit cop-out excuse oh so when I was I was like low-key well as you know like dating this like Marxist Marxist journalist well okay I think I only met up with him like three times in the end but um, he rang me drunk one night and had like this massive go at me and basically was like, yeah, you're spoiled, you, you're sad and you're like sad little life and everything. And it was so out of nowhere. And then the next day it was like, oh, sorry, like I'm just drunk and I just say ridiculous things when I'm drunk. And I was like, well, no, because yeah. you, you don't just pluck out of the air that like someone's leading a sad little existence. You know, it, it's like these are obviously things that you thought, you know, like, come yeah. on. That's not something that you've just fabricated out of nowhere. Like at some point in your day-to-day life, that thought has crossed your mind enough that when you've been drunk, you're like, this is my perfect chance to say it and get away with it. Yeah, like you're not ringing me up to be like, watermelons are a portal for like alien weasels to access our world. Like that, okay, I'd be like, fair enough. Like (laughs) saying some really mad stuff right now. (laughs) The specificity of that was incredible, by the way. (laughs) Well, you know, I've had some really surreal dreams recently. (laughs) I've been voice noting whoever will listen to my dreams. (laughs) Like first thing in the morning when I'm still really groggy and I'll just be like, hey, I'm just going to tell you about what I just woke up from. I have been having the wildest dreams ever at the minute. Like I usually have quite sort of like vivid ones, but at the minute it's literally insane. Have you got any highlights? Oh, oh, I had one last night and it was bizarre. What was it? Oh, this is so annoying. I can't think of them now, but I will definitely, I'm going to have to send you a little. Please, please stop voice noting them to me. I will. I had one once where I was on this carousel and every time I got off the carousel, I was in like a different time dimension. What? That's like, have... that's like a Rick and Morty episode. <laughs> I have so many dreams about being in like different dimensions and different like times and things like this I also had one dream once where I was dead but I didn't realize and nobody could see me and I was like walking amongst my friends and family like waving and talking and everybody was ignoring me until I realized I was dead it was so grim that's so stressful (laughs) it was so dark and I woke up and I was just like hmm that's interesting (laughs) like 
<laughs> oh no, I hate that. I can't cope with that. It's awful. <laughs> but yeah, I'm definitely going to start voice knowing you as well. I'm going to wake up just like, oh no, help me. Please do. Please <laughs> Am I dead? <laughs> with vocal fry, just like, ugh. <laughs> So anyway, Raquel is trying to convince James that like, oh, you're so fun to be around. You're always so fun, <laughs> which I think was Raquel trying to sound really convincing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're so weirdly a match made in heaven, aren't they? <laughs> I I can't get a read on that. I just find them. They're such a wild, wild couple that I don't feel like anybody else could tolerate either of them. Yeah, it might just be that. And it might also be that, like, they both low-key want to stay within the show's ecosystem and they know that it suits both of them. Yeah, I would imagine that's probably got a lot to do with it as well. So we end up going to the beach cleanup and they're having, like, a little lo-fi picnic moment (laughs) on some blankets, some plastic, some solo cups making a Kristen goes up to Stacey and gives her a little kiss and a congratulations. I, like... I just felt really awkward about it. Like, I don't know if it would have been better or worse if she'd have no- like, ignored the whole situation, though. Like, good for her for trying to break the ice and stuff, and I get that. But I also was like, oh, it just felt yeah. so cringe. <laughs> but Stassi would have been furious if she hadn't have said anything. Yeah, that's very she true. Been like, I mean, she could still say congratulations, even if she wasn't invited. <laughs> you know? So no, true. I-, I thought it was sweet. Yeah. I was glad that she did break that ice a little bit, though. I mean, like, it it took a lot of balls for her, like, good for her to do that. It's just so painful to watch because she's gangly and, like, her arms are just so (laughs) angular. And (laughs) I I was just about to say, so I loved Max's reasoning for this beach cleanup. And it came (laughs) down, (laughs) the pinnacle of which was, well, I want the ocean to be clean because, like, I swim in it. So I really care about it. Honestly, love that. Love relating the importance of like a global environmental issue to you specifically having a good time on your day off. <laughs> and it was just so like transparent and so like, I love the fact you didn't even try and hide it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, there was no like, oh, I better pretend it's about the animals. No, no, I want to swim this beach on my day off, so it better be nice. <laughs> So they whack on their latex gloves and get searching. I feel like the latex gloves were like a premonition. Yeah, I agree. Also, I'm sure you love this as much as I imagine you did. Bo in that bonnet. What? I didn't see him in a bonnet. Oh my God, Lou. (laughs) Sorry, I missed this. So there was a point where they put the latex gloves on and Bo is like sat next to Stacey and he has this like wide brimmed straw hat on. That he's pulled around his face into like a bonnet and he makes some kind of allusion to like, oh, do you want to have like sexy time later? And Stassi literally just looks at him like he's something that crawled out the sea. <laughs> okay, I actually, I'm feeling very aligned to Bo. I remember <laughs> last time I was in like a beach situation, I was in Pembrokeshire in Wales with some of my uni friends and we went to the beach and like, I'm obviously pale as anything. Like I burn, I'm very like grumpy and restless. Like I love the sun, but I, yeah. I always like the beach more in theory than I do in practice. Oh, I'm the same. I'm not really a beach person. No, it's like, I'd rather have like a, a sunlit terrace. Yeah, give me like by a pool any day over a beach. I just get like, I'm the same. Like I burn really easily and it's always like, 
it's too windy and the sand gets at everything and like whilst the sea seems really nice and fiery there's too many fish and the stones always hurt so you have to get your shoes wet if you wear them in the sea and it's like no I had this wide brimmed hat that I bought to try and protect me from the sun so and it was quite like it was like a granny hat basically so I was in this granny hat and I was like trying to read my newspaper (laughs) on the beach and like wind kept blowing it into my face and I was getting so pissed off like I was going beyond the like fun jokey stage and actually getting annoyed so I feel like (laughs) (laughs) there's some picture of me somewhere just looking really pissed off like sunburnt trying to read the independent (laughs) this straw bonnet essentially because yeah it had like fabric so you could tie it under your chin that was literally what this was oh my god okay love that incredible so they're struggling to find any actual trash on the beach and Katie's like oh it's like to cleaner than my house which doesn't <laughs> come as any sort of surprise <laughs> and so Brett tells Dana that he was doing the music video with Sheena and we get some very little sexy tidbits interspersed once again he oh. says he felt violated, particularly when she was licking the earwax out of his ear. A statement which really just sets off the, the wretch mechanism in the back of my throat. And then she apparently offered him a blowjob, I guess on set? I assume so. I feel like what would have happened is she'd have said it as a joke. But I also know full full tilt that if he'd said, yeah, all right, then she would have done it. Yeah, so this is actually, I hate myself for this, but this is one part where I was like, I actually have sympathy with Brett over that because joking about that in any kind of professional setting, like it's just not done. And like, imagine if the roles were like gender reverse, like how would it look, you know? Exactly. So yeah, I actually did feel for him in this instance. Yeah, and I feel like that's what he should have focused on rather than the fact that they had to like play act some sexy times because I guess he knew that. When he yeah, signed. like he, he can't have gone onto that set utterly oblivious to what he'd signed up for. Like nobody does that. No, no, exactly. And so Jax is like harassing Max via iMessage for basically no reason. Yeah, he's just hating on him blindly because he wanted to clear a beach. And like, whilst as we've already discussed, like Max's motives weren't necessarily the purest, <laughs> it was still like a good effort, and you know, something good did be get accomplished from it. <laughs> yeah it's weird I mean why do you think he's acting out like specifically against Max I wonder if it's because now Max is really close with both the Toms that Jack thinks he's like replacing him as like the newer hotter less dicky version of him younger younger version as well yeah that's a really good I I hadn't thought of that yeah so I think that's where that's coming from he's like the manager at Tom Tom and he hangs out with them all the time and he kind of is Jack's esque in his kind of like playboy, you know, frat boy kind of mannerisms, but he's also slightly nicer and definitely hotter and definitely younger. I don't think he's hotter. Oh, I think he's hotter than Jack's. Oh really? Yeah. I mean it's it's not by a landslide, let's be clear. But like <laughs> I think I think yeah. Maybe maybe in like a lanky, slightly greasy way I could see. Yeah. See it. But there's something about Jax's just you just know that he could just like, I don't know, swing you round by your ankle. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. 
So Peter and James are just like playing ball with each other in the corner, which was so cute. It was so pure, wasn't it? It was like, it was like they knew they weren't relevant enough to be like center stage of this scene, but they were just happy to be there. Kind of like a Labrador. Yeah. <laughs> just pleased to be in the fresh air and on the beach with some people. And then Brett asks Max if he still has feelings for Sheena and Max just shuts it down straight away. He's like, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. And I, again, this was just, I don't know, this was kind of a weird scene, I feel. And then Stacy and Dana talking about this, like, love triangle and Stacy's like, so I hear you're in this thing. And I also feel like this was kind of a scene that was possibly staged a little bit by producers because it didn't feel like like Stacy and Dana had ever really had that much interaction so it seemed like a wildly overly personal thing for Stacy to be asking her yeah I didn't feel like she was particularly invested no it's- like I feel like she couldn't give a fuck about the outcome either way <laughs> she had that very fake smile on yeah that sort of glassy just like nothing's really moving and you could tell she's really just thinking about so many other things behind her eyes <laughs> Yeah, the eyes are just motionless. (laughs) So Schwartz typifies his and Jax's relationship in the following statement. Getting the occasional borderline abusive rage text was just part of the dynamic. (laughs) Like, that's so normal. I also really, really love that he was just like, oh, I mean, I just have the same method for dealing with it as I do when Katie does it as well, where I just delete them as soon as they come in and pretend they don't happen. And I was like, that's... Honestly, I'd expect nothing less from him. Like, it's the most passive coping mechanism I've ever heard. Yeah, just denial, denial, denial. (laughs) Pretend it didn't happen, don't respond to anything, just move on. And so Jax eventually decides that he's going to blame Mercury and Gatorade. (laughs) Mercury's Gatorade. And then what did surprise me, which was also possibly due to some celestial goings on, Brittany has a rare moment of clarity in her testimonial when she basically says, well, you know, I married him and now I have to deal with it. Yeah. And I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, was not expecting it. Yeah. I was kind of expecting a bit of blind kind of explanation or kind of like oh you know he just like that like Jax is just you know like all this kind of thing like he doesn't mean anything by it but the fact she was like well yep this is my life (laughs) yeah you can see some sort of resignment in her eyes (laughs) I genuinely wonder how long their marriage will last like I think she'll make it like until the end purely because she won't want to get divorced yeah but then her mum was divorced four times that is true, yeah. So they supposedly believe divorce is like a terrible evil and <laughs> no. I I reckon three to five years and that will be the test. And I think if they make it past three to five, they might make it the whole way. I agree. I wonder if they weren't on the show whether it would be better or worse. I don't think they'd be I, I don't think they'd be married if they weren't on the show. No, I think you're right. And I just think as well, like I say, actually, the length of the marriage is going to come down to how much she's willing to turn a blind eye to. Yeah, because he'll never actually leave her because he's got a cushy where he gets to pretend to be this married guy and she just lets him get away with pretty much anything and everything. Which so have to be wild hit. as well, because I'm just like, well, why don't you just open up the relationship then? Like if Jax wants to go off and sleep with people, then that's fine. And like, let 
like if Britney wants to do that too but I just feel like Jax is so the kind of guy that's like I want to be able to sleep with people but I don't want her seeing anyone else yes <laughs> nobody's ever allowed to even so much as look at her but I get to go off and sleep with anything and anyone that I want to oh classic man behavior <laughs> we'd expect nothing less we'd expect literally nothing less <laughs> So Lisa is checking in on James systematically to make sure that he isn't lapsing back into drinking. I kind of love that she's so maternal with him, especially considering obviously we saw what a car crash his own like mother figure is. It's kind of nice that Lisa's stepped up to the plate a little bit for him. Yeah. Saying so many nice things about James. I still don't like him, but I do feel a great deal of empathy for him at the moment. <laughs> I mean, you can not like him as a person, but like... Yeah. But want him to stay sober and be in... Yeah, like, I want him to do really well. I just don't really like him as a person. (laughs) I wonder how he'd have gotten on if he'd have stayed in England. Like, I wonder where he would fit in in British society had he stayed. I don't think he'd have managed to make it anywhere near as famous or infamous as he is. I mean, famous is stretching the point, but, like, you know... Well known amongst people who enjoy reality. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he's not he's not the right demographic for Geordie Shore, is he? He's not. not he could be made in Essex. Made in Essex, the only way is Essex. <laughs> yeah, not made in Chelsea, Christ. <laughs> yeah, I could see maybe a little bit more of one of those. But even then, it's like, he just doesn't really feel like he has a place because there's nothing that England really has that's like the British equivalent of Vanderpump rules upsetting oh do you know I got a dm from channel four yesterday well from one of the casting producers I swear to god I'm on some kind of fucking database they will only contact me with nonsense (laughs) what was it tell me immediately Uh, they want to do a show about how lockdown has impacted people's sex lives (laughs) whether it's made it better or worse and I'm like first of all I'm literally a lecturer like I don't know that I can go on national TV and talk about my sex life like that's probably not okay secondly my sex life was very enjoyable before lockdown and has now just become completely non-existent so it's not much of a story there is there (laughs) Where did they find you? Like, how did they come across you? Well, I don't know, but they sent me an Instagram DM and, like, they've contacted me about Naked Attraction before, oh. as you well know. <laughs> <laughs> and I, so, yeah, I don't know. I need to, I'm going to ask them for some more details. But also it would be, like, a Zoom thing. Oh, no. <laughs> so it would be, like, me talking to a sexpert <laughs> TV. <laughs> please do this literally shoot me I I might do it like if it's not gonna risk yeah I was gonna say you could probably style it out in a way that's not gonna be too negatively impactful on your (laughs) teaching job Uh, I don't know if any of my students listen to this I know for sure that some of them love like the real housewives amazing so because I post like some stuff on twitter I get some likes sometimes yeah if you are, then hello. <laughs> we <can work> <laughs> still. <sighs> so um, Max takes Dana outside to talk to her about Brett. And he's suddenly decided that he's going to voice his concerns and decides that he's still got all these feelings for her. I think this just came so out of nowhere. 
Like, you could, I mean, you could sort of tell when he's been talking about in the past that he's kind of been putting on that sort of, like, classic bro-y, like, oh, yeah, I don't care what she does, like, blah, 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 who gives a shit kind of thing. But, like, we've said this before where it's like, we think he did like her. He's just too immature and too much of a kind of spit his dummy out sort of thing to ever act on it. Yeah, he kind of says that he's scared to have feelings for her, which, to be fair, is... I'm not sure I believe it in this context, but, like, I understand that as a sentiment. Yeah, no, I agree. And, like, because we've all been there as well, where we've kind of been like, oh, like, I'm not really sure how how I feel about this. Or you've had something kind of happen to you, like, in the past where it's made you a little bit less trusting of people and that sort of thing. So, like, I do understand it as, like, a sentiment. But I also just think he had every opportunity to have this conversation with her. And I do agree with what she said, where she was like, if Brett was in the picture, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yeah, exactly. And I also thought that when she said the next shiny thing is going to come along and I'm going to be in the rearview mirror, she hit the nail on the head. A hundred percent. Because I think he just likes the idea of like, like, I'm sh- I don't really have any doubts that he did like her, but I also just think he's not the kind of person or at the point in his life where he will actively commit. And it would basically just be like a Jackson Stassi thing all over again. Yeah, it was weird. To me, this was really the first time that Max voices any kind of moderately intense emotion regarding the situation. Like, before this, I felt like it was blood from stone. I just, I didn't really feel like I could buy into it at all. So I don't then understand why it all supposedly comes out in this scene. Yeah, it was really strange. And, like, I could understand if we'd even seen bits of him maybe having this conversation with, like, one of the Toms or somebody else that he's quite close to. But apart from the little bit on the beach where he sort of half-heartedly spoke to Brett about it, we haven't really seen him talk about giving a shit at all. No, it was strange. And then when we go to the testimonial and Dana's like, I've never stopped caring for him. To me, it was like, oh, okay, honey, you know, really? You never stop caring about it? It's just the language seems so weirdly overblown for the situation I mean I know that we get like an edited yeah right? but going on like they had some like great romantic like years long love affair and it's like you guys were like dating for like a month like <laughs> yeah if that <laughs> if that like, let's not blow it out of proportion it's not like you were like due to be wed and he left you at the altar like <laughs> calm down so then we go to the James May pop-up. Now, I can't get over the fact that James May is obviously an old man that drives cars on British TV. I know. I struggle so much with this. And I just, I wish that Kristen had done a bit more research into this because yeah. every time I hear James May, all I can think about is Captain Slow. And like Top Gear. I love, I love, by the way. I do as well. I'm a big fan of it. It's weird. I, yeah, because I hate cars. Yeah, <laughs> and I know nothing about them, but I have this really weird enjoyment of watching Top Gear. Oh, Top Gear, it's a comedy show. It's got nothing it to is. do with cars. It's... Especially when they do the ones where they like, go abroad and stuff. <gasps> the road trips. Oh, they're like my favourite. I definitely had like a spiritual awakening with <laughs> the hamster. <laughs> <laughs> No, do you know I do it's get like it. Jacket and his little man necklace. I'm like <laughs> soft, fluffy hair. <laughs> Actually, oh, okay. Fuck, Mary, kill. James May, Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond. Oh, Lou. 
I'm sorry, I need to know. Oh, oh obviously, obviously, Murray Hammond. Okay, obvious, is it? Oh, well, mm, seeing now, because <laughs> then I don't really want to fuck either of the other two. <laughs> Do you know what, right? I think fuck Hammond, kill Clarkson, and then just have like a very empty, loveless marriage with James May. <laughs> Uh, you should be so lucky that James <laughs> would wed you. <laughs> How rude. <laughs> what would yours be? Um, I think... I think fuck Richard Hammond. Because he's the cute one. Mm-hmm. I think marry Jeremy. Yeah. Because he's so funny. He's so... Yeah, he is really sweet. Funny. He's really rich. Yeah. <laughs> That is true. But he but he's not like good looking enough that you'd be worried about him going out and about. And then I do actually love James May, but I'm gonna have to kill him off. <laughs> Euthanize him in this situation, unfortunately. <laughs> we digress. Kristen's oh. number one rule of business is connect to the Wi-Fi, you can't sell anything. <laughs> Which is all I learn on my business masters. Um, it's everything anybody ever needs to know about a business. It's crucial. It is Nothing crucial. else is important. She's also wearing a blazer made from those like sequin cushion covers that you can run your hands over to like change the colour. <laughs> cool. I think if I had one though, I would just spend my entire day like doing that. I would as well just like running my hands backwards and forwards. I find it quite a soothing thing to do, which is quite weird. No, it would be very intensely therapeutic. (laughs) So then Sheena approaches Brett and she says that she needs him for one small thing for the music video. And then Brett kind of goes on this aside where he's like, yeah, Sheena and I just have different ideas of what sexy is, you know, like... I just think leave something to the imagination, which is just such a soft boy line. Isn't it? He thinks he's so artistic and sensitive and like leaving more to the imagination. And it's like, just stop talking. Like, let's be real. That's not what you actually think. You say these things because you think that's what women want to hear. If Brett did a music video for a sexy R&B baby making track, it would just be him like on a beach I think he'd be combing his fingers through his own hair and like running his hands delicately over a linen shirt for three and a half minutes (laughs) there'd be a lot of wind action there'd be wind in the hair wind in the loose fitting linen (laughs) I can imagine him in a sort of Richard Branson-esque like double linen moment like trousers and the shirt yeah covered up of course every inch of him and then then barefoot in the sand though oh yeah barefoot obviously maybe a man necklace maybe a richard hammond necklace yes agree like a leather leather thong around the neck (laughs) oh i can see it now i think we've painted a glorious picture here so Jax wants to have a chat with Max and Tom he says he's experiencing a bit of an episode with regards to his temper and he just He's just angry all the time when he clenches his fists. <laughs> and then with no other context, he re-establishes the invite to the pool party and then just leaves. Like, imagine you're just sitting there. Someone comes up to you at your table, balls their fist, talks about how angry they are for no reason and how they have been for a month solid. And then it's just like, okay, bye. <laughs> like, what? 
I find so obviously we did like a little flashback to like flash forward to next week's episode as well and the fact that there's only like eight people turning up is like Jax has clearly gone on some kind of rampage at this point and he has disinvited so many people (laughs) that he's literally lost track of it and he's essentially just ostracized his entire pool party and I also loved at that dinner party though when Sandoval was just like should I just have a party instead (laughs) yeah I love Sandoval's bitchiness I do as well like he's petty as fuck and I live for it he thinks like a girl with his calculated <laughs> revenge which I really enjoy yeah like all his little scheming and stuff like and he also manages to pull it off in a way that never seems like particularly vicious or malicious it's just good-hearted like banter yeah you know why because he's always on the right side of history yeah he's always actually siding with the people who are right or morally sound he's like a modern day Robin Hood isn't he <laughs> protecting protecting the poor and the weak from the rage of jack (laughs) i also i'm obsessed with his dolce style red floral blazer oh my god yes it's so good girl (laughs) so into it girl (laughs) um so sheena doesn't want brett to feel uncomfortable in doing the music video so she kind of excuses him from his future music video duties which you can tell by the look on his face was not what he was wanting to happen at all no and then he kind of starts saying oh don't get weird about it but you in fairness to sheena you know, this is the best way that she could have responded. Oh, 100%. She was like, well, then you don't have to be uncomfortable and you can just be excused and that's it. Yeah. I, Which, I don't see what the problem is with that. No. If he's that uncomfortable with it, then he should be thrilled to be excused from it. Absolutely. <laughs> and then we go to Kristen and Kristen tells us that she had sex with Carter like a week ago. Oh, that little like flashback thing that they did of her and Carter when he's like, I was good sex this morning and then does that creepy little wink thing. Like I a man know. who has never winked in his life. I mean, men shouldn't be legally no. allowed to wink. It's unacceptable. Nobody should wink for any reason apart from satire. <laughs> Purely ironic winking only. Yeah. Yeah, Carter to me is not a sexy human being. He is not. He creeps me out so much. I just find him so, like, ugh. I can't even think of a word for him. He's just so blah and slightly creepy and irritating. And there's just something sort of snivelly about him. I, yeah, and this, <laughs> this is a really, really specific thing to hold against someone, but his beard is too dense. Yeah. <laughs> It looks like it looks like he's coloured in half of his face with it. Is that a strange thing to pick up? No, I mean I never picked up on it myself, but now that you said it, I can so see it. Like so see it. Uh, sorry, I'm just having to Google it now because I don't want to think that I'm speaking out of turn. It is so solid though. So so solid crew. So solid beard. God damn it. Oh. Yeah, okay, maybe maybe it's not that bad, but in my mind that was something that there is just something about his face in general though that kind of comes off as a bit creepy. So you can be forgiven for thinking it might have been that. <laughs> a bit like mousy. Yeah. So then Jack's uh, is at the bar, I think, and he's confronting Kristen about this video supposedly of her hooking up with some guy that she says was taken 4 years ago. And then Jack stops Brittany in by saying to Kristen, 
oh, Brittany told me that I wasn't meant to know this, which is just the worst. So having your partner mouthing off to your mates and basically saying, oh, no, you know, Faith told me, but she said yeah. that I'm not meant to know. Yeah, exactly. It's like, he's such like a little bitch. What I also don't understand is like why he's like, he doesn't even like Carter. Like, he spent the last, like, episode and a half on this rampage of how much he hates Carter. So I don't know why he's going in on Kristen for sleeping with somebody else when they're not together. And he doesn't even like it. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's there's no logic to it. There's no rationality to it. It's um, so flawed. And then he's got this testimonial where he's basically saying, isn't it tiring having to keep up with your own lies? Which is <laughs> heavily ironic. Although I do also love that it flashes to Chris and like, of course I'm lying to Jags, but obviously. <laughs> and it just felt like such a little glimmer of like the old cast. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And this is where I was, I was feeling hopeful. Yeah. Cause then Jax does the classic and she, like, Kristen sort of dismisses him from having this conversation at her event, which is totally fair enough. So he does what every grown 40-year-old man should do, and he immediately runs to the nearest circle of people, most of whom aren't really friends with Kristen, and proceeds to relay the entire story to them. Which was so, so unnecessarily messy, but but thank God. I know, I'm just genuinely pleased that it happened. Although, like, Lala was getting stuck in, and, like, everybody had the, like, appropriate, like, <gasps> shocked gasp reaction. <laughs> so... Brittany kind of chases him out of Kristen's event and she's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and then cut to James and Lisa having a catch up at Sir. She tests his Coke to make sure that it's just Coke. <laughs> Which I love that she did as a joke, but also as a way of definitely knowing. Yeah. And like, then Mikhail comes to yeah. take an order for drinks. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, my friend from home texted me the other day saying that he's just started following the Pope on Instagram. Incredible. <laughs> like heavily Catholic. And I was like, honestly, call yourself a fanboy. You just followed the Pope on Instagram. It's like, it's great, very regular content, keeping the followers happy in this difficult time. I was like, oh, for God's sake. So I went to Rome a few years ago and like I went to the Vatican um, and I sent my friend, you know, my friend Laura that say lives in America and like her in-laws are like super devoutly religious. Yeah. So I sent her this like novelty religious postcard from the Vatican. Um, and we do this thing where we kind of just find the most like hideous or tacky or have a, like postcards from wherever we've been and send them to each other. So I sent her this fucking postcard from the Vatican <laughs> and apparently her in-laws lost their damn mind and were like Laura we've got a letter from the Pope and she was like it's not though is it it's like, <laughs> and they asked her because it came from the Vatican like obviously from Vatican City and it had like the proper Vatican like postmark and everything they asked her if they could keep her postcard and she was like obviously not <laughs> oh my god no that's so funny <laughs> Because they were just so, like, in love with the fact that this had been near the Pope. <laughs> oh, my God. I should ship my friend Alex to them. They <laughs> They'd probably love it. <laughs> um, so Alex's dad was an interpreter. Right. 
at the height of his career was actually interpreting for Pope Francis. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, and you can imagine his entire Spanish Catholic family. Oh wow. Absolutely <laughs> just loving it. <laughs> There's truly nothing better that could have happened to that family. To be fair, I love feeling near to a seat of power. So um, one of Boris Johnson's family ordered a face mask from me today. Oh my God. Which isn't so strange because I actually know her from right. home. It's <laughs> just showing up my poshness here. I just, I love being like, God, if I needed to get a letter to the prime minister, you know, <laughs> I've got like one step and then I'm there. <laughs> so I can totally understand why you'd get excited being close to the post. Yeah. Having it's a connection. Like degree of separation thing, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I, oh my god, I love doing that. <laughs> I do as well. I love sort of trying to pick a famous person and be like, right, how much would it take for me to get at this person? <laughs> Found a pump, go. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that would be a dream one to figure out. So we're now somehow back at Jack's and Britney's, and he seems to be assembling some kind of industrial style <laughs> fan on the kitchen island. <laughs> And Jack just again trying to prove that his, you know, his, his manly st- state in life. I mean, look, if you're gonna do DIY, if you're gonna mow the lawn, I guess there's a lot that I would overlook as well. Yeah. I'm gonna do that stuff. That is very true. But I also don't want to cook for you, so that's where maybe this marriage would break down hypothetically. Yes. <laughs> where the dynamic could probably fall apart quite yeah, a bit. Not bring a sandwich. <laughs> I would like you to do everything for me. Yeah. I'll just bless you with my presence occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> I'll waft in in silk. <laughs> Have a go at you for something really minimal. <laughs> and leave. So Jack starts having a go at Brittany and again just makes himself the martyr. Oh, it's so his like MO, isn't it? He's completely wild-eyed. And the, the other funny thing about this is he seems very surprised that his kind of insane over meditation and terrible imbalanced lifestyle is having an adverse effect on his mental well-being and behavior which is a, just a huge shock for everybody watching yeah he's like oh well you know i smoke loads and then i i eat loads because i'm smoking loads and then i get work and then i have to lose the weight so then i take adderall and it's like can you can you hear yourself like yeah. Hey, tell you what would probably help you get to a really healthy neutral if you just stop taking both. (laughs) Yeah. Don't binge and do things in moderation. Yeah. I mean, I'm no doctor, but... (laughs) Just just in practical I just found that whole, like, bender that he went on about that was so utterly bizarre. And it was that, like, Popeye, like, manic kind of explanation that he gave. Like, it was the most normal logical thing in the world and I can't even remember if Brittany even responded to it but she kind of had that slightly stunned look on her face of like oh what have I done yeah she just seemed a bit checked out at this point but you do make such a valid point about Popeye I mean he's even got (laughs) super tight (laughs) t-shirt it was just wild from start to finish I think simply strong jawlines yeah (laughs) slightly rounded chins Uh, and then we have the preview what did you think of the preview I mean it looks good I'm hoping it'll continue in the same vein where it's actually worth a watch 
Um, I see that Tom and Tom are getting offered another, was it 10% or 20% of another bar or restaurant? Yeah, 10% of some garden concept. Yeah, which I find, I mean, I'm presuming that Tom Tom is obviously doing extremely well. Otherwise, Ken and Lisa wouldn't be willy, willingly just throwing down the gauntlet for them like that as well. But that'll be interesting. I think, again, they need to sever the Tom Tom cohabitation and just give Sandoval what he's worth, really. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I don't understand what Schwartz is bringing to the table. And I, I don't really see massively the value of Schwartz and Katie, even as a unit to the show. No, I mean, they literally were so, so sort of tentatively in it this week. And I didn't really miss them being in it all that much. Like, you know, Schwartz had his couple of like quippy, dopey lines. And Katie said that monstrous thing about her panties being wet or something at the idea of pissing off Jax, which was so disgusting. I can't even. <laughs> there was such a resounding it. silence. I know. Because it was just like, okay, from La La, we expect this. From you. Yeah. We just don't believe it. Exactly. And you could tell that she was like trying that persona on for size and realised that it just didn't fit at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that when you're like, it's like, I don't know, when you're like your first day of a new job and you're like, hmm, maybe I'll be a bit yeah. more like this now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, who can I be for this job? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Well, you turn up at uni and you're like, yeah, I'm going to be that cool foreign student so yes. like two hours in you just like ah oh, yeah, shit back to it <laughs> yeah, like so. when, I, when I was trying to pretend to not be that posh when I went to uni <laughs> and then it just got to the point where I I had to like pretend to know about student finance and stuff <laughs> and be like yeah loan repayments <laughs> and it was just not good for all involved you should just incredible just be yourself guys just be yeah <laughs> I think that's the message to take away from this but yeah I thought the preview looked pretty good um I just I guess I wish we had a bit more context to the Kristen thing because that seemed to be the most juicy kind of revelation yeah and it seems like something that in past seasons it would have been like one of like the major playing storylines so I hope they haven't just gone in said it and then just washed over it and that's the end of it like I hope it's something that they're going to kind of unpack a bit more and give us a bit of background and a bit of context I hope so too but Roni soon oh so excited so excited so if you've been enjoying the pod do give Faith a follow on Instagram she's at Faith with two H's underscore Elizabeth because some bitch took my name (laughs) appalling and then her website is www.faithrichardson.co.uk come at me for all your writing needs willing to write on any topic anything and everything (laughs) i even be occasionally a little bit funny (laughs) what if someone came to you and wanted you to do something like very intense about the economy would you do it I mean, I'd give it a go. I'm pretty good at like thorough research, but I mean, I can't promise anything. <laughs> what if someone commissioned you to write up the government's like lockdown strategy, coming out oh. of lockdown strategy? You do that. <laughs> Again, I'm probably not qualified, but I would definitely have a try. 
I, I think you'd probably do a better job than anyone elected to do so. Not to blow my own horn, but I think so too. <laughs> We're very modest here. We're very humble. Yeah, we and you can follow me on Instagram at Lou G. Rogers, and you can check out my website because I do also a variety of things. I don't write, um, but I do style and pod and lecture. So I'm at www.louisarogers.net. We will talk to you on Sunday. Can't wait.